This is the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast, Episode 157. Good day and welcome to this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. I'm your host, podcaster, and author of Fun Fantasy Reads, Jamie Davis. This podcast is exactly what the title says it is, folks. It's a show where we focus on everything to do with fantasy and sci-fi books and authors. Um, we talk about epic fantasy. We talk about space opera, military sci-fi, um, dystopian sci-fi. You name it, we try to bring you the best and brightest authors from all the various corners of the sci-fi and fantasy book world here on the show in each episode. So um, kicking off things uh, for this week's episode, I'll, I'll get into my own author update. I'm just about finished. I mean, so close to being finished with the first draft of The Paramedic Sorceress. That is book nine in my Extreme Medical Services series. Um, now, after I finish that, I'm going to jump in and work on a couple of quick short stories that are coming up in a couple of urban fantasy anthologies that I've been invited to participate in. I'll have some more information on them coming up later this spring, um, but you'll probably want to grab a copy of them because not just because of my stories in there, but because there's some amazing authors participating in both of these anthologies. And, and I'm really excited to be sitting alongside them in, in the story world. So um, I think it'll be fun for you to pick up and, and have some short reads to get you through your day when you don't have time to sit down and read anything long. Anyway, you can always find more information about what I'm up to, including early looks at excerpts from new books and stories over at my Fun Fantasy Readers Facebook group. I post sneak peeks of upcoming covers. I have special giveaways and a lot more. So go ahead and visit that fan group on Facebook, Jamie's Fun Fantasy Readers, or you can head over to my website at jamiedavisbooks.com. Either place, you can reach out to me and contact me, and I always look forward to hearing from you, and I respond to all the comments and things uh, because I want to, you know, I like touching base with people. Okay, this week on the show, I chat with father-son author team Dan and Robert Zangari. Dan Zangari was born in 1960 and raised in the Mojave Desert as an only child. Throughout his childhood, he discovered his first love, reading. At a young age, he'd become an avid reader, digesting fantasy and science fiction books. Robert Zangari was born in 1986 in Southern California and is an only child. Much akin to his father, this younger Zangari was drawn to the world of storytelling. At a young age, his father shared with him the stories of Almar, Iltar, and the Dragons of Lorne. In essence, his father's tales were the first introduction to their collaborative world of fantasy. Now they work together on stories from the Tales of the Amulet series, an epic fantasy saga that has 12 planned installments inside. So check out my interview with the two of them about their first book, A Prince's Errand. That's coming right up. Hi to Dan and Robert Zangari. Uh, welcome to the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. It's good to have both of you here on the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Oh, no problem. And, and I'm kind of excited to talk to both of you. Um, I, I have written a series of books uh, with my son, and so I'm really interested in talking to another father-son team um, who write great fantasy books. Um, so it'll be fun to kind of share some ideas and, and um, hear a little bit about how you two collaborate and work together. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Um, why don't we start off? Um, I'll have Dan go first. Um, Dan, tell us a little bit about your background and kind of what drew you into writing. 
Okay. Um, well, so um, my background is I'm an aerospace engineer, um, and I've been working as an engineer for 40 years. Um, but I started year, many, many years ago. I was always uh, fascinated by reading science fiction, science fantasy when I was young growing up. Um, you know, read a lot of Tolkien, read a lot of uh, Asimov, science fiction, and Heinlein, and just different things. And um, <clears throat> I just started creating this world in my own mind um, back in like the early 1990s and um, never really did anything with it other than um, I drew maps and, and just kind of talked about it with Robert, actually, with, with my son. And then it wasn't until a little bit later that I started actually uh, deciding to, you know, start writing things down, writing these stories down. And I uh, started writing uh, in the early 2000s and um, showed what I was working on to a friend of mine at work who herself was a was a mystery author. She um, was a published author at the time. And she said, this is really, really good. You had to write these you had to write these books. And so it kind of I kind of laid it aside for a little bit and went back and forth with it until um, I think it was later after Robert got out of high school and we kind of sat down and started deciding to collaborate and actually get serious about it. Cause before then it was just like, Oh, it was a, just a hobby, just something that was kind of fun to, to play around with. And, um, and I had this idea of a, a trilogy, which now has morphed into, I don't know, eight or 12, 12 <laughs> story, yeah. 12 stories that we have planned uh, to be written. So it, it, it's kind of grown and evolved over time, but that's, that's kind of my story. And Robert, you know, I'm curious because um, I want to hear about your background, but I also want to hear when you get to it, you know, what was it that drew the two of you together to collaborate on this? Because, you know, for many authors, it's a solitary venture. Yeah. Um, so my background, I'm, I went to school for biomedical engineering, but I've never worked in that industry. And uh, I, I had found a love of writing while I was serving a proselyting mission for our church, and I kept a journal. And I came home with 11 journals full of information and, uh, and, and just everything about um, what happened that day and very detail-oriented. And uh, I thought, okay, this, is, this was fun. But I didn't really pursue anything afterward until about, that was 2007 when I got home. It was 2009. Uh, I was actually uh, running a little martial arts school out of my home. And I decided to write a book to help promote um, my business. And so I wrote it, published it, and self-published it. I think it cost me for everything. It was less than $500 to get everything uh, edited. And uh, my ex-wife's mother did my cover. And so that was free. So it was kind of a, 
very you know easy thing and and I put that out and I remember my dad talking to me and said, "Geez, you did that in like two months," and I I'm still working on this stuff that I've been you know struggling with for almost 20 years <laughs> and and we kind of talked a little bit about um working together after that because he was seeing you know every quarter i would get a check from lulu for the royalties and i really wasn't doing any advertising for it it was just kind of a lot of organic sales and so he's like okay uh this is cool and it wasn't until um a couple months after my son had passed away, he, he was a stillborn, um, that we started working together. And I was going through a very uh, hard time. And, and my dad came to me and was like, hey, why don't we work together and do this? I'll pay it, you know, essentially like a ghostwriter fee to help me with... <clears throat> Um, with getting the our my fantasy series written, and at the time I hadn't really thought too much about writing fiction because I already had like six other uh, books planned for my martial arts series. Some of them are partially written, uh, but they uh, they were never published. So I thought, well, okay, I could do that, and since I you know had experience had a little experience of publishing so we decided okay we're gonna do this together and that was june of 2011 yeah. and uh i was still in college at the time um but ever since then we started i was just i started just a little bit i think it was maybe a couple hours a day or a couple hours a week that i was working on it and it wasn't until after we finished writing um, the first book together that I was like, okay, this is really cool. I want to do this full time. <laughs> and so, um, so I, and that was about 2012. We, we had shopped the book around in 2012 to get it um, published, but all the publishing houses said, your book is too big. And at the time it was 257,000 words. They said you got to cut this in half, and we're like, no, no, we're going to publish it anyway. Um, but anyway, that's kind of how I I got into it, and uh, I had always watched my dad, and I have early memories uh, from when I was like five and six of him drawing maps and telling me stories about the different characters that are in our uh, universe, and uh, we had a typewriter at the time, and I remember him typing up an outline that. I think he did type up a little bit of prose, but not much on that. And I think that was one of the reasons why he didn't really do much is we didn't have a computer at the time. This was 1991. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't until like 96, 97, I think, that we actually got a personal computer in our home. Yeah. And so that's when he really started uh, writing stuff. So it, it always kind of intrigued me. I remember um, as a kid thinking, Oh, that'd be so cool to be a published author. But then I never, you know, went any anything beyond that. And it was just kind of a, oh, well, that'd be kind of cool. 
(laughs) That's great. And, and I, you know, like so many great collaborations, whether it's in writing or, or any other venture, you know, I, I can, I can hear, you know, that both of you bring something distinct to the table. Um, you know, Dan had had these stories and ideas rattling around in your head for, for years, um, but it, it wasn't until you kind of got together and had a purpose to do something together that, that, that really brought the story to the forefront. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. One, one of the, I guess one of the problems, if you want to call it that, one of the things that, that <clears throat> was kind of limiting me a little bit was I always want to get to the point. And so I didn't have a lot of character development in what I was writing I had a lot of uh, the the, the storyline, the story itself, and and trying to trying to write something out was and and, and make it detailed enough, and what was kind of hard. And, and Robert's really good and you, uh, in looking at the martial arts book that he wrote. It, it was pretty good detailed, and so um, so kind of the way we work it is. I've got the broad ideas and stuff like that, and he's really good at character development. And filling in the details, and so that's kind of how we work together. It's interesting because I know when even on my solo books, when I write, my first draft is often I tell I told some people that it's like a you know a coloring book page that hasn't been colored in yet. Um, you know, I, I get the story out there, but it isn't until you know my subsequent passes over the manuscript that I that I start coloring in the lines and you know filling in the, the detail that that lends the, the real flesh to the story. Um, and that's such an important thing, right, Robert? Yeah, it really is. I, it's so funny. So, um, the, our first, I guess it's now (laughs) six, the first, what will be the first six books in tales of the amulet was actually one book that my dad had envisioned. And what is now going to be number four consisted of five paragraphs of of what happened and uh, when i've actually written a version of that book it's called the mage's agenda uh, and we had released back when we had released our books for the first time because we were kind of going through a re-release process right now um and a total revision but the there was that the whole book was condensed to five paragraphs. And I was like, there's a story here. Let's expand this. And so uh, it it kind of grew into a, okay, here's this five paragraph concept. And then into a 20 page outline and then to a 85 page outline because we were creating so many more things that were just fleshing out this story. And um, that was, I think for me, that's one of the prime examples of, okay, dad really knows how to do these broad strokes and I'm going to get in there and do the little detail work. And uh, even even in the, the early draft that he had done, because he had written pretty much... Um, I think it was most of the first half of that original book. It was called The Dark Necromancer, but it consists of our books that were The Dragon's Legacy and um, 
the Elven Secret. So we eventually did what the publishers were suggesting and split that book up uh, because there were two distinct storylines there. But he had already he had the most majority of the Dragon's Legacy done and some of the Elven Secret. But when I went back through it, I was like, wait a second. We need to know some more information about these guys. Um, one thing he had he had a character in there. He's a conjurer, and there he had no name. Like he appeared through every single adventure that was going on in the first book and in the second book, and the guy never had a name. So, he's, so he's to be played by Clint Eastwood then, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so I'm like. Okay, Dad, who is this guy? <laughs> anyway, I came up with a name for him, and he actually is the main character of the our first prequel novel that's going to be coming out later this year, and that's Amandala Ramian. And so there's, you know, my dad has these good ideas, and I can see whenever I look at his stuff, I I see where he was going. And it's almost like a whole vista of this person's past and experiences just opens up. And it's like, okay, we got to explore this guy. Why is he doing this particular mannerism? Why is he acting like this? Why does he talk like this? So for me, getting into the nitty gritty detail, I'm always asking the why. Why, why this? And that, I think, is the reason why I get so detail-oriented, because I like looking at all this nitty-gritty stuff and, and really finding out who these people are. It, that's just really awesome how you guys have kind of broken down the, the, the tasks there, because it, 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 I can hear... You know, the way you talk about you know, kind of understanding where Dan's going and, and filling in the gaps and Dan coming up with the broader strokes of the story. Um, let's let's shift gears a little bit, because I do want to make sure we talk about the book itself. Um, the Tales of Am- Tales of the Amulet series, you're planning 12 books. The first book is out as you kind of re-release this series. Um, the pr- a Prince's Errand. Tell us a little bit, Dan, about um, what this story tells and, and how it gets the series started. Okay, so uh, as Robert said, we started out with a Dark Knight Romancer and then it, it kind of broke up into a couple of different books. And then we got sitting down and realizing, you know, we're still not starting at the beginning. We, we really need to start because what we, what we started out with was <clears throat> these two guys, Cornar who's essentially a fighter. You think of Dungeons and Dragons type. And Iltar, who's a necromancer, they're buddies, and they've gone on adventures for years. And Kornar, in an adventure, found um, these scrolls that talk about this ancient amulet that can control dragons. And we said, okay, but where did he find that, and how did he find that? And it just kind of jumps in the middle of that. <clears throat> and that's kind of how we started the Dark Necromancer. So we said, well, we got to go back and, and build that story up. So that's really what A Prince's Errand is. It's the, it's the, 
different factions, different groups that are looking for different things. Um, there's one person in a group that are looking for these ancient devices, magical devices for their own reasons. There's another group that are looking for them for another reason. So you've got these different factions and these different groups that are looking for the same kind of thing, and they all have different motivations. They all have different things going on. And we throw Kornar and Iltar into the mix in this whole thing, where this is how it really, this is how it originally started. This is how all of this, um, the whole series started. So it's really intended to set the stage for not only how the series is going to be laid out, but it also gives a little bit of history and a little bit of information on these guys and where they're coming from, kind of some of the things that they've done um, and how it all kind of comes together. And we also bring out some information about the amulet itself that we hadn't really talked about in the other books. And we thought, we need to give a little bit more information about this amulet and what it is and how it's used and, and where it came from even. So we try to bring out some of that information in, in this story as well. So there's several story arcs that are going on um, uh, with, with uh, Princess Erend. And we introduced some new characters that we hadn't had before that are going to continue to play a role in the future stories. As we, as Robert said, we're, we're, we're re reworking um, a lot of the ones we've already wrote. So we've got these new characters that we're going to work into the storyline going forward. So that's kind of a general idea. Is there anything else that I missed, Robert? That um, Yeah, I think to add a little bit to your point about the amulet is we didn't really put a completed view of the amulet in any of the books. You see different pieces in what we had previously written. And so <clears throat> the my intent when I was working on A Prince's Errand was to show the amulet. And the only way to do that would have been to go way in the past to when it was last used. And so we, uh, the, the opening of the book, the prelude details of the amulet, shows Dusul Nadim taking the amulet of draconic control and leaving the the pretty much the final battle of the dragon wars and disappearing from the world and that kind of set the stage for for the rest of the book because uh, what these guys are looking for in the story, the Keepers, one group in particular, they're looking for the Keepers of Truth and Might, and they were the guardians of the amulet, but nobody really knew it. Uh, they kept it a secret. And so they, they end up going on this quest, and it kind of is a, an unforeseen consequence that the amulet is discovered. Um, the when we went and wrote the uh, the dragon's legacy, we had inserted a prologue, 
And that prologue is actually the climax of Kornar's storyline in A Prince's Errand, except A Prince's Errand is a lot grander than that prologue ever was. Um, so, yeah, Tales of the Amulet, I mean, uh, A Prince's Errand is kind of the... It's the opening to this broad epic, and there's a lot of things that are going on and a lot of side stories that we introduce. Uh, and we have our, uh, our greater Calda chapters, which are little snippets of, of different characters throughout the world. Most of those characters actually will be important in the later books. And we thought, okay, we're going to use these to introduce these guys. And like Griffith, for instance, he's the very first greater Calda chapter. Uh, he is Almar's apprentice, and Almar's one of the heroes that my dad originally created. And these guys show up in the later books, and they're Griffith and Almar are a pretty big focus of the story. But we thought this is a great way to introduce Griffith, and and then there's you know a few other characters that you don't really see too much of, uh, but you, you needed to get into concepts that they're involved in. So, um, for instance, there is, um, in chapter, it's greater called a three. Yeah. It's with Kriegi and we needed to introduce, uh, the Cathar Valley and, and that comes up a little bit, but there, that has some, more information that we get into in the later books, like in the Mage's Agenda. And so, you know, we decided, well, we're going to use a Prince's Aaron to kind of set the stage. And some of our readers uh, that have read our original books and then read a Prince's Aaron told us, wow, the, the foreshadowing here is amazing because you're dropping all these little things and it's hinting to this event that's going to happen in this book. And so, I think that's kind of one advantage of having written a series and then gone back and fixing stuff and, you know, starting at a new beginning. It kind of gives us a little bit of an edge that we can, you know, plant some foreshadowing there. I think some people might look at it and say, oh, this is a train wreck. But it, it's when you look at it in the greater context of the series, that there's a reason that that stuff is there. That's great. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's great for people to jump in. They can get into to the beginning now with the Princess Errand out now. Um, where do you like to interact with readers? Um, obviously, nobody's going to conventions right now, but um, there are places online that people like to congregate. Is there anywhere in particular you like to catch up with folks? Uh, particularly on Facebook. We, uh, we haven't used it too much in the last month or two because I've been so preoccupied with my family life, but... Uh, typically on our Facebook page, uh, Legends of Calda um, is the the handle there, um, and uh, that's pretty much our main outreach contact point. We have a little bit of a readers group uh, that's exclusive to our mailing list, and so we'll post in there occasionally um, and get with our readers. But typically, as far as social media goes, Facebook is our main media. Well, Dan and Robert, it's been great to have you on the show. And um, I know we could probably talk more about writing great, grand, epic fiction. Um, and maybe we'll have you back on as um, future uh, installments come out. Um, 
But uh, in the meantime, folks can find you at legendsofcalda, K-A-L-D-A.com. Of course, Legends of Calda as well on Facebook. And um, I will have links to all of those in the show notes as well as a link to get a prince's errand. Uh, thank you both for coming on the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. Thank you for having us. It's it's a great uh, opportunity, I think, for us to, with, with, like you said, with uh, everything that's going on today in the world, this is a great opportunity to get things out there. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, Jamie. We appreciate being on your show. And that's going to wrap up this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. I hope you'll catch up with us for a whole lot more from the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Focus community. You can find them over in the Facebook group, Fantasy and Sci-Fi Focus, or you can check them out over at fantasy-focus.com. Either place, you can leave a comment on this episode where it's posted. Um, I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what's on your mind. Also on the website on each podcast episode post, you'll find links to subscribe to the show on your favorite mobile app for iOS, Android, or even by email. Um, Make sure you do that because you don't want to miss any of our upcoming episodes. We've got some amazing authors, including our next episode, which has author Carrie Brown on the show. That's it for this episode of the Books and Authors fantasy and sci-fi podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jamie Davis, author of Fun Fantasy Reads. Don't forget to follow me over on Facebook at Jamie Davis Books or on my Facebook group, Jamie's Fun Fantasy Readers. And uh, we hope to hear from you. Um, Come by and say hi. Whatever you do, though, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Come back here, check out the next episode. And while you're waiting, make sure you keep your eyes open out there, folks, because whether you know it or not, there's magic all around you.